Choo-choo, chicos and chicas. It's time to climb aboard the terror train wreck that is the Gem Girls podcast where every week we ride the not-so-underground railroad that is subpar 80s era animation and blow our figurative and literal train whistles and all the bullshit therein with a special focus on the show that can only be described as just train wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite part. Sorry. Gem and the holograms. And I am one half of your trade train host duo, Hakuna Matitis. And I'm Orifice Jones. And this week, we are punching our railway tickets. <laughs> we think that's a thing. Who knows who goes on trains be. anymore? It could be. I have, I, I have no idea. And we are taking the not-so-trendy train that is Gem, <laughs> Season 2, Episode 18, Rock and Roll Express. Rock and roll, spelled with an N, not the actual N, just so you know. Now, what so would the loco... <laughs> so important. People need to know. Uh, but what would the loco motive be for a show about a glam rock girl band to devote 22 minutes on an outdated form of travel that, these days, really only serves to annoy drivers forced to wait at a railway crossing when a train goes through? Now... We don't know, because the only kind of iron horse we want to hop on is the soul train. And honey, this ain't no soul train, let me tell you. I love the soul train. I yeah. really want to be on the soul train. Uh, I'll choo-choo for the soul train. I choo-choo-choose the soul train. <laughs> so, you know who would have an idea why we're being subjected to a trip on the Disorient Express? Pun! The- super pun amazing (laughs) the writers of the episode why yes they would have a great idea or maybe not who knows um but yes you heard us right it took two count them one two brains to form the train wreck of americana nonsense that is this episode quite shocking quite honestly One half of the writing duo is Steve Mitchell, who, apart from having two first names, being part of the two first name gang. That's a big gang, dude. (laughs) I know. (laughs) There are a lot of people on the motherfucking gang. I know. Too many. We got to start doing something about that. Yeah, two first name gang. (laughs) Um, He might also sound a tad familiar because... He is also the scribe behind the recently covered on this podcast and somewhat beloved horror cult classic, Chopping Mall. And honestly, we did not plan for these two Steve Mitchell-centric episodes of the pod to come out right after each other because we don't plan for anything, as you can probably tell. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is merely the good Lord of Eyeballs smiling down on us and granting our ocular-centric podcast, a bit of authorial connectivity. Now, Michael, I want to ask you, how does a Lord of Eyeballs smile? That, I was, no joke, I was like, <laughs> we have to have this discussion, because how does an eyeball smile? They smile. So true. Exactly. So, so true. Which begs the question, is Tyra Banks... A branch, if not uh, an incarnation of the good lord of eyeballs. You know, sometimes you get incarnations of lords in the most unlikely flesh prisons. And like, Very honestly, true. Very true. Honestly, I wouldn't expect, you know, Tyra's kind of a messy bitch, but she's on to something. Yeah, and like her eyeball game is crazy, <laughs> but fierce. <laughs> So crazy, but fierce, but mainly just crazy. <laughs> yeah, mainly crazy, which I gotta say, I mean, the Lord of Eyeballs, he's not exactly saying himself, so. No, very true. It fits, it fits. Anyways, back to our boy Stevie Mitch. We're tight like that. Uh, he also wrote for other 80s cartoons like G.I. Joe and Transformers, and he has joined at the train conductor station. That could also maybe be a thing. I don't fucking know. Uh, by, I think it's just the train station. No, but like I want like this like the part of the train where the train conductor is. What do you call that? The train conductor station? The caboose. Oh yeah, isn't it the back? Wouldn't the train conductor? Oh, maybe they're at the back. I don't know where a train conductor sits in a train. I don't know anything about trains. I know nothing. 
Yeah, uh, all I know is literally in the script that we're reading right now. That's all I know about <laughs> trains. So it's mainly pun-based. But you're right. <laughs> that whole join at the train station could have worked without the conductor part. Anyways. Uh-huh. So he's joined at the train station by the illustrious Barbara Petty. Why illustrious? No reason. That's just a cool word. Now, <laughs> Barbara Petty, aside from being hella petty, because come on, it's right there in her name, also wrote for G.I. Joe and Transformers, like pretty much every other gem writer, uh, along with a bunch of episodes of My Little Pony and Friends. And because this is super relevant, people, and like, I, I say this a lot, but this is actually like very, very re- relevant, and I want to be a little bit serious for a second. <laughs> she also worked on some really, really important and high-profile projects like Contemporary Mysteries, Super Brain Kids, and Mysterious Dolphins. Which, what the fuck does that even I mean? I know. It sounds amazing, but probably isn't about genius-level children and their crime-fighting dolphin friends, which is what we hope. Uh, but she also worked on Point of Seduction, Body Chemistry 3. Also sounds a lot sexier than it probably is. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I would watch it. Sounds I like... watch it. I want to watch Point of Seduction, Body Chemistry 1 and 2. <laughs> I just want to watch Seduction, Body Chemistry 3. I don't yeah, know if you want okay. to. You're going to be lost. You're going to be lost, dude. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot in there. Really? I mean, look at the title. There's like seven words. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I, yeah. She sounds like a genius. Yeah, a petty genius. Barbara Petty. Petty genius. Barbara Petty genius Petty. What? (laughs) Anyways, let's get this runaway train back on track and delve into this episode. Let's do it. And actually, before we even get into the episode, I noticed something as part of the credits, or not the credits, the opening theme song, uh, that one of the magazines in the opening, it's like, you know, gem on the cover of magazines. One of them is just titled Glitter. And I was like, oh, is the magazine just about glitter? <laughs> Which I then took me... Mariah Carey's movie. Oh, true. I forgot about that. Everyone forgets about that. I know. I've never even seen it, but I kind of want to watch it. Me too. We should probably watch it for the podcast. Uh, Mm -hmm. But anyways, then it made me think of uh, the tagline for my larger-than-usual glitter line, thicker than your average glitter. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Which I never thought would come up ever again, but here we are. You're just going to try to, like, wedge it into any sentence that has the word glitter in it. Exactly. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thicker than your average glitter, all right? <laughs> Remind me to never go to Michael's or the Dollarama and, like, look for crafts <laughs> with you. Um, I feel like I'm going to hear that a lot. You will. True. <laughs> Two, I also hate Michael's. It is a hellscape, so I never want to go in there. <laughs> I love Michael's. It's so much fun. I hate Michael. I spent a lot of my youth inside of Michael's and Costco's, and both are very triggering for me. But Costco is great. Costco is great. Michael's, as mentioned, is, uh, you know, hell on earth. All right. Uh, That sounds like a deep trauma, and I don't think we should go there right now. We really shouldn't. I don't think anybody will be able to handle it. Least of all myself. (laughs) So... We get into the episode, and um, I just want to point out that I think this is the first time that we hear the song Gem Girls. Oh, is it? I don't know. I feel like in recent episodes, there, there's been truly outrageous, but not Gem Girls. Yeah, well, I, I know at one point they do switch the intro theme song. I guess I didn't realize that the intro theme song was Gem Girls now. And for, you know, our one listener, the theme song... <laughs> was originally uh, Gem, Gem is excitement, ooh, Gem, and then eventually switches to me and my friends are Gem girls. Gem girls, Gem, Gem, gem is, is my name. name. <laughs> um, yes, that was, that was great harmony there. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know, I, I guess I wasn't paying that, obviously I was paying attention to the magazines that were flying on screen, but not to the <laughs> sounds that were accompanying them, so I can't say whether or not. <laughs> so funny you just saw the word glitter and got so excited uh, yeah i was literally like glitter oh now i can use my thicker than my average glitter line <laughs> oh my god 
Anyway, so we opened a gem in the Hall of Hose being interviewed. Uh, and we learned that they are doing their first tour ever by train across America. Right. And right. I, I, who are they being interviewed by? Uh, it's not Lindsay Pierce. Oh, right, 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 right. It's this like fucking like white bitch with Shayna's voice. And I was like, who is this reporter who's not some black lady in D.C. who probably isn't even a clone with Shayna's voice? Okay, but like you really know Shayna's voice that well that you picked it up in her accent. Okay, dude, it's like one, not very hard. There's like four voice actors on this show. Uh, and Hundo P, whoever edits this episode, we can cue this fake white bitch Shayna and Shayna's voice. And I'm pretty sure our one listener will be able to pick up that it's the same person. Jem, is this your first tour by train? Yes, it'll give us a chance to perform for all our small-town fans who are unable to attend our big city concerts. We understand all the proceeds will be donated to the Starlight Foundation. Right. <laughs> anyway, and while they are being interviewed, they're wearing these, like, cowboy slash Native American culturally appropriative outfits. Yeah, But, like, dude. make it evening wear. Yeah, they're Jim the Hologram's outfits this entire episode are very indigenous American appropriative. Like a lot of frills. Uh yes. Yeah, and like not Fringes. in a good way. Fringes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Turquoise. It was like indigenous south southwest, basically. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Uh and anyways, as we're learning, they're doing this tour on a train so they can do concerts for all their fans who don't live near airports. Uh, and I was like, fuck all y'all. Uh, I really hate that. I really hate that. Like they classic. Drive. They yeah. They fucking drive. Yeah. It's just like classic North Dakota gym. Uh, play into middle America. For sure. She would totally be a Republican anti-vaxxer if she existed oh, now. 100%. Like, <laughs> she would, she would like, you know, campaign for Donald Trump. Right. And, I don't know, her whole entourage, like, maybe Shayna is the equivalent of Colin Powell or Candace Owens or other black Republicans, but... But Jem keeps them around because they make her look not racist. Right, right. Because, like, really, what else does Shana do? Outside of being <laughs> the genetic base for a horde of scientists and reporters in the D.C. metro area. <laughs> um, yeah, so like you said, they're doing this for the small town fans. And some bitch with a mullet um, confirms with Jem by asking... Are the proceeds really going to the Starlight House? And Jem says, like, yes, this will give the orphans a great opportunity to see this so-called great country. Yeah, yeah. And this whole episode is oddly more America rah-rah than the presidential dilemma, which was set in, like, D.C. and, like, had his, like, American history tied into it. And this one, like, the presidential dilemma... We already established with a Borstein bungle. This episode, yes. it bungled it even for- further. Even Borther. Even Borther? Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a Mitchell mashup of Mitchell... It was, uh, yeah, it was a petty Mitchell... It was a petty Mitchell petty mashup. <laughs> I found it petty how how, you know... Pulling to America's base, um, it was. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this whole, the orphans are going to see this great country of ours from sea to shining sea bullshit that Jem is trying to get across right now is straight up lies because the orphans are just there as roadies. I know, I know. <laughs> They're being put to work. I mean, classic. And I love it. And this is the one time they've ever brought them on tour. Very true. Very true. Very true. They weren't there in China. They weren't there in, I don't know, in Hawaii and shit. No. And, like, they've probably been waiting and waiting to go on tour with them. Yeah. And then Jeb is like, nope, you can't, like, go outside. You just got to stay in the caboose 
and look after our equipment. Yeah, you stay in this motherfucking terror train and you keep <laughs> riding until I say stop. Ride it straight to hell for all I care. Exactly, exactly. Uh, anyway, so yeah, they're all going on a motherfucking train. For whatever reason I have in my notes, Rio was getting railed in the back of the train before coming to the front to flirt with Jim. Railed as in butt stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we, like, we jump into the song, I'm Taking a Train, and I felt it was very jarring. It just kind of happened at you, you know? I'm taking a train and I'm coming to see you. Taking a train and I'm traveling so aggressively about taking a train dude it's like yeah it's way too it's it's like tro train it's not even tray train it's tro train you know what i'm saying yeah for, a for my bit francophones too much here. Train. Yeah, yeah too much train for my you know i guess train sensitive sensibilities <laughs> yeah uh, it's like how we... jazz can you be about a train when it's not 1880 you know what i mean I know, and it's a coal-powered steam engine trade. Like, I actually looked this up because I asked to myself, were coal-powered trains even a thing in the 80s? I was also and, confused by the fact, like, coal-powered steam train? Isn't that, like, isn't that two different energy sources? Well, I think the coal heated up produces steam. Oh, okay. Form of steam, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a steam expert, a steamologist, but... A steamster? A steamster. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of wish I was one now. Yeah, fair. I'm definitely team steam. Let's be real here. (laughs) Well, okay. So, basically, I found out that by the 80s, most of them were discontinued, but a couple were still on, um, like traveling through America as tourist or heritage trains. Okay. So maybe this is what they're taking. Yeah, I could see them doing that. Um, regardless, this song is literally the words, I'm taking a train, repeated <laughs> over and over. <laughs> 20,000 times. Exactly. And by the end of it, I'm like, okay, I'll take the train if the train is a gun to my head and it's going to be a bullet <laughs> through my brain because I cannot <laughs> handle this anymore. I'm imagining a tiny train shooting out of a gun. Exactly, really exactly, great. exactly. Um, yeah, a bullet when you... train. <laughs> Ooh, that's so good. You're um, welcome. You can use it. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come up. It'll come up. Trust It'll me. It'll never come up again. <laughs> um. You said that about my thicker than my average glitter line, and here we are. I said it like five times already. You will try your hardest to make it happen again, but that's not what I mean. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. Go on. Um, so when you think it's over and she couldn't possibly say taking the train one more time, she does like yeah. eight more times. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have, I have a note in my, in, my, uh, in my notes. How many times can a bitch say train in one song? And a million, a million is the answer. Um, yeah, like, there's really not much to say about the music video. It's just a bunch of bitches taking trains, and... (laughs) I know! That's literally it! At one point, there's, like, a misty train. I don't know, there's a lot of mist going on. Well, Jem comes out of a misty train wearing a trench coat, billowing, to meet up with Rio, who emerges from the shadows. So I don't even know, like, why they keep doing that. What is this... What is the significance of that motif in the music videos? I don't know. Like, a, like with the train element, it's almost like a crime noir kind of thing. But that's, like, so not Jem and Rio's vibe. So it's weird how they keep putting them in that imagery. Uh, I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Like, maybe it means they haven't seen each other in a while. There's a little bit of mystery, a little bit of drama, a little bit of sadness. Uh, yeah, they're trying to add some, like, pathos to the relationship, which is simply not there. <laughs> no. And Rio is pretty 
uh, present during this episode. Um, so it gives us a little bit more to work with and, you know, trying to understand uh, their relationship, which is, you know, you don't really have to try. It's you really don't. two-dimensional. Yeah, exactly. What you see is what you get. Uh, I would say Rio is overly present in this episode, as in, like, Rio, get the fuck off my screen, as you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. You shouldn't be on the train. You should be under my train. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or getting trained, you know what I mean? Or, no, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What's the one where... In like you know, uh, in a sexual setting where one person is fucking one person who's fucking the other person, then there's like the final person. It's at the train. I thought it was a human centipede. No, I don't think it is. Okay. <laughs> so, what about that train in relation to Rio? That's what Rio should be doing. Like he should be in the <laughs> uh, at the very end of a male, 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 male train. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, and maybe he would calm the fuck down. Yeah, exactly. He'd get his prostate massage a little bit by some hot D, and it would just, you know, soothe his soul. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, everyone is loving this performance of taking a train, because the train is all they know. They're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and yeah, we cut yeah, to Lindsay yeah. Pierce uh, talking about their tour and saying it's the hottest thing in rock music since forever yeah and i was like what did every musician die of polio or something 30 years ago (laughs) it's so true like what are you talking about is nothing happening if the world is that boring we should all just kill ourselves yeah 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 anyways uh, Lindsay, she's hype about it and pizzazz and the crew are watching this and they get train envy uh and they (laughs) want to get in on the train game basically Mm -hmm. what happens uh, yeah, they want to share some of the glory, and then we cut back to the holograms who are going to stop at Rock Canyon, Arizona next. Oh, I thought it was um, California. Or was it Arizona? I think it was Arizona. Yeah, whatever. It really um, doesn't matter. Yeah, it does not. Um, so we cut to the sheriff's office, the small town sheriff, Sheriff Dodd, who's being very stern in his cowboy hat and bolo tie with a guy who has a porn stash. Yeah, it's like a feather duster, <laughs> seedy, mustachioed motherfucker, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely kind of like a pedo stash. Or for sure, like for a sure. 13-year-old boy sprouting pube, facial pubes for the first time. Exactly, which is what those are, facial pubes. It's not <laughs> facial hair. Not yet, at least. No. Uh, yeah, the mouth is just the penis of a face. I would say the mouth is the, the vagina. The vagina of the face. face. I know. Yeah. But, like, I had to make it relatable for the people with penises. I mean, you never have to make anything relatable for people with penises. Everything okay. is already pretty relatable for them. Gotcha. That's a this good is coming. Point. Yeah, this is coming from a, a penis wielder, so. A penis bearer. <laughs> penis bearer. Imagine if the, instead of a ring bearer, you had a penis bearer. <laughs> And it's that a little boy. I don't know. That, yeah, that's what creeped me out. Because usually a little boy, and now I now I feel weird. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> okay, not a little boy. Like your best friend Jack or something, um, who comes down with a pillow with a penis on it. It's not um, a little boy. Not. A little it's boy. not a little boy. Not a little boy. Best friend Jack. Hashtag <laughs> Will and Grace. Uh, hashtag overrated show. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, uh, no. I, uh, it was fine. It was, I mean, it was fine. I just, like, I personally very much dislike when gay men point to it as, like, a, a watershed moment in kind of, like, queer acceptance, yada, yada, yada. Like, that show did not do a lot for the gay community. And I think it's, like, I've, I've read enough articles saying so and people saying it, it did. I don't think that's true. I think it reinforced stereotypes and didn't necessarily do a lot also for the rest of the queer community. Okay, but what would you say was a watershed moment of uh, around that same time? Remember when Ellen came out on her show and Oprah was her therapist? That was a big moment. 
Oprah was her therapist. Yeah, so I don't. Yeah, so uh, Ellen oh, had on a, her show <laughs> and on her show. So yeah, Ellen had a really, really popular show in the '90s, and like everyone loved it. And it's like a, it was a sitcom. It was like a scripted show. Uh, I'm almost positive Oprah played the, played the therapist, and she came out on the show. And then like two weeks later, the show got canceled uh, because wow. you know the world wasn't ready for a gay lead character or a lesbian character. Uh, and I think that was like a big moment because that was network television. Uh, it kind of came out of nowhere. People weren't expecting it. Uh, you know, people already had these kind of conceptions about who Ellen was and she was showcasing like, Hey, I'm also this. I feel like Will and Grace was, I mean, like I said, it was very stereotypical. Uh, it reinforced stereotypes. That being said, I mean, Karen as a character is phenomenal and I, Oh, Karen's amazing. Yeah. And there are very funny parts to the show. And I think it was like a, a fine sitcom. I just don't like when it's heralded as, you know, a moment in gay history. You know what I mean? Yes, but a lot of people did watch that show. And I feel like, I mean, it's so hard to say, right? Because if people become more accepting of a community, but it's based on stereotypes, like which, which one outweighs the other? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I had, it's like what, it's like with Sex and the City, like Sex and the City's treatment of gay men. Like they're all basically deviants and non-character, non-persons kind of thing. Even though the show, I'm pretty sure, was like written by gay men, which is, I think, internalized homophobia. Uh, So it's one of those, like, yeah, Sex and the City was great in terms of showcasing, you know, female characters with these uh, nuanced wants and desires that weren't necessarily portrayed in mainstream media. Uh, But as a, you know, a show that elevated queer representation, I don't think that's true. True. I don't know. I guess I'm just also thinking this, thinking about this from the perspective of like black characters. And I feel like on some level you have to get to one step and have like a discourse surrounding it before you can get to the next step. And like maybe in, on some level, like those still problematic representations did help get to get us to another place. Yeah, and that, that is very fair. I, I actually think that's probably true. Uh, but again, I'll come back to just my main point is that I don't think people are necessarily critical of Will and Grace in that way of saying, uh. like, hey, it was actually, like, pretty problematic in a lot of its, like, queer representation. It wasn't a... This was the moment where everyone started accepting gay people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also as a show that true. two of its leads were gay men, they really didn't feature, they had lesbian characters here and there, but they didn't really feature mm-hmm. a lot of the other queer spectrum as well, even though they obviously had the opportunity. Yeah, for sure. I think back to that time some, some days because I recently watched, um, what's that movie? Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. And like that sort of era of gay male representation is, oh, he's my assistant and, like, kind of catty and, like, he loves to gossip, but, like, right, he's right. a good guy. He's, like, looking out for you. He's going to give you a makeover. Um, it's pretty messed up. Yeah, yeah. It just, I mean, I think you can draw a lot of parallels to that representation of gay characters, which is essentially the gay best friend, to, yes. like, the black female best friend. It's, like, the same thing. For you know sure. what I mean? Like, they have no for real sure. agency. They're there to serve the white female or white main character. Uh, and, you know, they're not necessarily cultural background in the gay context, but their difference is used to empower the main character and not necessarily for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like the magical Negro yes, uh, yes. trope. Yes. yes, very true. Hashtag, not Patch Adams. What's that one with Will, Will Smith where he plays like a magical golf ghost? <laughs> never heard of that <laughs> it's a movie dude it's a movie i think matt damon is the lead and it's about oh, golf God. and basically will smith is a magical golf ghost or something like that i don't know i kind of need to watch that i don't think you do i remember it being pretty boring oh <laughs> but magical will... golf ghost sounds really cool I'm it sorry. does it does i don't know if he was a ghost but he was definitely magical there was some otherworldly elements to him. i think he disappeared and reappeared a lot there's a lot of golf going on. I don't fucking know. Wasn't the black lady from Touched by an Angel also kind of like that? Or was she one of the angels? No, she was one of the angels. 
Okay. I, I actually, I actually love her character. I think that bitch is fierce. Um, I haven't watched enough of that. I haven't watched tons of Touched by an Angel, but I've seen enough of it to like understand the the basic structure of the show and how every op- episode basically operates. Uh, and I think she was the only person of color angel, but she was a bad bitch about it. Um, I imagine that show was very savvy. Sappy or like, savvy? No, sappy. Oh yeah, Hondo. Oh yeah, mad saps. <laughs> So, saps it slaps. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, it wasn't a bad show. Hey, um, that's what I say about Oprah. So, saps it slaps. Nice, um, nice, nice. But anyway, um, so we get back to this episode because right. we kind of derailed the conversation. We there. really did, we really did. Anyways, to like you know encapsulate what's happening, they're doing this whole charity concert on this train, and to veer off on a tangent. A little bit. I do want to say this. <laughs> we just got back into it. Whatever. This train track is going every which way. Because, uh, well, to set up the plot a little bit more, a mustachioed pedophile gentleman is basically like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in on this whole uh, charity train concert. No, no, no. Yeah, because he, you know, he asks this group of Mexicans or indigenous Americans, whatever. I actually had no idea like what they were trying to portray with a lot of these characters. But anyways, he asks yeah. he asks a group of them like, "Hey, like, what is this train for?" And they're like, "Oh, it's a charity concert." And they kind of tell him the whole thing, and that's when I was like, "Oh, it's a charity concert now." Okay, I didn't really I didn't catch that earlier, and that's when I was like, "Okay, I'm pretty sure in the Gemisphere, charity, benefit, and fundraiser are actually just different names for like a dark, <laughs> chthonic god who feeds off the souls of orphans." So every time they do a charity concert, a benefit concert, or like charity fundraiser, they're actually worshiping this tripart hell god uh, that um, gives that fuels Gem's fame. Well, we know this because there's the Lord of Eyeballs. There's Synergy, right? Which is like the space internet. I don't know, but like also <laughs> through time. Uh, and then her dad. Uh, who definitely has some, like, evil billionaire pedophile cabal going on. We got Terrible Tina, who we know know was a survivor of a satanic cult as well. Oh, yes, of course. Thank you for bringing that back. I completely forgot about that Never forget Terrible (laughs) Tina, whatever her name was. I don't know. I remember Terrible was part of the name. Terry the Terrible. Right. Um, So... Yeah, basically these guys let it slip that they'll be collecting money. There will be some cash floating around, some dollar dollar bills. Um, And he scratches his chin very suspiciously, like as if he was definitely going to do something nefarious very soon with that information. And then he does. He roofies a bunch of people. (laughs) Yes. um, Yeah, this guy was super shady. But I guess my point is like... Did they not clock that suspicious chin scratch? True, like, true, true. Like, oh yeah, you might steal that money. Yeah, he seems like a good guy. He was just scratching his chin. Whatever. <laughs> With shifty eyes. But also, um, like, I mean, what do, what do these guys care? They're literally just like, I don't know, sitting there watching this charity train concert go by. I don't even, I can't even understand the concept. So I don't know why they would care. <laughs> Truly. Um, so basically, Gem and the, the Gem train arrives and choo choos <laughs> in. Uh, and they are all wearing clothes from some indigenous tribe. Uh, they don't describe what it is, of course, and they definitely don't belong to this tribe. Oh, yeah, no, it's not a good look. It is not a good look. And the porn stash guy goes to the conductor and gives him a cup of coffee. Coffee, And this is where he drugs him. Yeah, he legit date rapes him, dude. Yeah, that was pretty fucked up. I'm surprised they put that on the show. Dude, it's in the episode multiple times. Like, <laughs> Mustachio Man is roofing everybody. And I just want to point out that the train conductor kind of looks like a missing member of the village people. He does, he does, he does. Bill, yeah, his name is Bill. Bill, of course. 
Um, and Rio comes in wearing a very flamboyant cowboy shirt with an ascot. Yeah, Rio has never looked gayer. And he sees Bill has been fucked up, calls an ambulance, and Bill leaves on a stretcher. Uh, Rio is telling the person on the phone that this guy got food poisoning and that they're going to look for a new guard. And for that person to meet them in the next stop in New Mexico or some shit. Right. Uh, And so that's where the uh, mustachio gentleman kind of finds us in, as we'll see later. Uh, then we cut to on the train, and we get this quick scene of how Ashley gives no fucks about being on this trip. And I'm like, girl, I get it. <laughs> uh, and then the misfits come through riding on a plane, and then they try to, like... Yeah, they do. Like, they try to kill everybody, or they try to crash into the train or something. They have their own concert going on, but then the plane, like, stalls in midair, and they almost die. Well, um, because they're driving so erratically... Right, They're, like, right. going down, like, near the tracks, and they look like they're going to hit the train head-on with their propeller. And then they, like, do loops in the air. Um, that being so, said, they all look amazing. They're wearing, like, these sci-fi do. aviation suits. It's a fly. It's pretty fly. And I mean pun intended. For sure. They look amazing. I call them space demons. Oh, okay. Demon that's S's. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun. That's fun. Roxy, again, maybe looks the best. She's wearing, like, an yeah. all-orange jumpsuit. It's tight. Yeah. She looks phenomenal. Um, They find out that their plane will take a week to fix. So they're now stranded in the middle of the desert. And they beg Jerrica to help them. And Jerrica feels forced to invite them on the train. Right. And Rio Rio says, like, we have to take them or something to that effect. And Jem says to Rio, you're right. I hate to admit it, but you're right. And it's like, I know. I also hate to admit Rio was right about (laughs) anything. (laughs) That's so funny. It's like, wow, you're really invested in him being wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Later on the train, the misfits are eating like fat bitches as per Mm -hmm. Spoojul. They have some sort of food fight. Uh, Stormer. For no reason. For no reason. Stormer's wearing like some barbarian realness, which I loved. I thought she looked great. Um, They piss off a nasally voiced waiter. I don't know. And then... um, Rio they comes don't piss through. him off, they terrify him. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 Fair, 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 fair. Um, and then Rio comes through in classic Roid Rage. <laughs> Roid Rage Rio <laughs> comes through and locks them up in, I don't know, some compartment. Yeah, that was so insane. He, like, yeah, comes in, like, stomping through, hitting things over, fucking pushing them into this car, and then locking them in there yeah and then he kind of like has a little bit of like a yeah whatever like limp wrist moment and i was like oh my god real that was such an evil game move of you yeah um so the misfits are like fuck we're locked in this car and they notice that there's some sort of latch that opens to the top of the train outside and they decide it would be a great idea to walk on the train right um And they notice that a tunnel is coming and proceed to jump into some very conveniently situated water. Uh, And, yeah, they they jump off that terror train, um, which, you know what, good move, because I'd probably kill myself on that thing anyways. (laughs) Uh, Roxy and Jetta, like, catfight some more, really building on this mutual hatred they have of each other. Yeah. Uh, And then they, like, they're, like, you know, in the desert, like, oh, what are we going to do? And they come upon some people just, like, riding around on horses. Um, and this is when I was like, uh uh-oh, they're, like, not white people, so this is gonna be a little bit weird. Uh, and that's pretty much what happens. Yeah, they're basically, like, please take us back, we're the misfits, the guy says, who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Who now? Um, and we get the song, It Takes a Lot to Survive. Like, a lot is one word. A-L-O-T. Which is not one word. That is two words. That is two words. 
Um, it takes a lot to know how to spell, Michael. Yeah, yeah. It takes a lot to fucking deal with this train wreck of an episode, all right? You have to go to school for, like, 12 years. That's so long. That's a, that's, I mean, that is a long time. <laughs> yeah, when you put it like that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yo, fuck that noise. Um, so the song is, a, this is the second time we've heard this song. Um... There's nothing to say. There's nothing to say. They're riding on horses. At one point, they, like, catch a puma in a net. And I was not here for it. I was like, why are you, like, like you know, terrorizing this fucking puma? <laughs> but also, I was like, are there pumas in the United States? Yeah, in, like, the desert. And there were volcanoes. And again, I was like, "Is are there volcanoes in Arizona? I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, yeah. And then one of the dudes, like comes across a snake and is ready to, like, mash it with a giant rock. And I was like, whoa, dude, relax. This snake is <laughs> yeah. not bothering you. I know. It takes a lot to survive It takes a lot that to snake. survive. Yeah, exactly. For these fucking pumas and snakes out here, it takes a lot to survive. <laughs> um, so the song ends, and we cut to Rhea. Is it Rhea? Um... Yeah, Rhea is oh, wearing yeah, a pretty right. hot look as Pizzazz is and the gang are riding their horses up to the train. Yeah, somehow these and horses... Like, this train is going one horsepower because these trains are able to, like, catch up. <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah, it's a one horsepower train. Um, God knows how old it is. I mean, yeah. Um, so... Pizzazz gets off the horse and the guy whose horse she rode on was like, aren't you going to give me an autograph? You said you would. And she was like, she basically told him to fuck off. Yeah, exactly. He really fucks him over. Uh, but it's also like, it's such an easy thing to do. Yeah. You're writing your name on a, anything. Um, and so everyone run, arrives in Mesaville. Mesaville, New Mexico. In, Mesaville, New Mexico, and that stash guy is masquerading as a new guard. Yes, which also, Mesaville, New Mexico, I think that just means, like, Midtown. I guess so. I don't know, it's just like, I'm, I'm building up on their whole Middle America vibe. Like, of course they would go to the middle of New Mexico. <laughs> we'll have to do some research into Mesaville, New Mexico, and even... Whether or not it even exists. Yeah, we probably won't, though. So, like, don't hold your breath. Yeah, there's... No one was interested. Yeah, no one wants that to happen. Um, <laughs> anyways, Southwestern Security sent this fake duster mustachio guy who sounds super evil. And I think he even has a line of, like, uh, like someone's like, oh, make sure you got, like, you know, the charity money or whatever. He's like, yeah, I'll take care of all your money. Real good care of it. And come on. If you don't know that guy's evil already, come on. Like, the mustache, giveaway. His weird, creepy thing of how he's going to take care of your money, giveaway. You just have to do the, like, Mr. Bird's hand motion. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, you know, you're wringing your hands like you're rubbing soap all over it. <laughs> uh, very snively. Snively uh, rapid. Ve- snively rapid. Exactly. Um, so Rio tells Ashley to basically cut, a, uh, get off her ass and set up for the show. <laughs> and Ashley is like, no. She looks like she's about to plan his murder or carry out his murder. Uh, yeah, Ashley's not here for it, and I get it. Uh, I wouldn't want to be told to do anything by Rio. Uh, so no. she immediately just kind of like leaves the instrument room giving the misfits uh, the opportunity to, like, fuck with all of the instruments. Yes. And they basically pull apart the microphone and put glue or something on the keyboard. And Rio comes back and sees that Ashley is gone. And he's like, well, I guess I'll have to take all these things to the stage myself. It's like, you, yes, you do that because you're an adult and this is your job. Yeah, like, fuck off, Rio. Uh, and then even better, when we go to the actual, when the actual show happens and all the instruments fall apart, um, Rio thinks Ashley did it out of spite. She's like, oh, I'm going to get that Ashley. 
And then so Jim, and then Jim is like, oh my god, I'm really worried if Rio finds Ashley first. Let's find Ashley. And I found it <laughs> hilarious and horrific. I guess Rio just takes his anger out on the orphans. Right, right. Which I, yeah. I mean, classic Rory Rio. Because they're smaller than him. Because exactly. they're powerless. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically, Rio is being a huge cunt about it. And he's like to Ashley, I have to go to see if there's a music store in town. You fucked everything up. And cut to a bit later, and Rio's like, lucky for you, I found replacements for the parts you broke. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean, lucky for you? Yeah, exactly. Like, otherwise, <laughs> I was going to, like, take your wrists, kid, and use them as parts. Wow. Um, so Jerrica defends her, like you said, she says that she's innocent and now she understands how important her job is, which is the most important lesson she could have learned. Of course, of course, of course. You have to, you know, I guess work or follow directions. I don't fucking know what the lesson was. Right. Not that Rio is a hothead who needs to fucking relax. Exactly, exactly. It's like, no, actually, this was your fault. <laughs> uh, so, meanwhile, meanwhile, um, the misfits, like, go decide to, like, fuck with everything in the engineer's room of the train to do a, a better job of putting a stop to this concert. Uh, whilst mustachioed porno pedo duster... <laughs> is uh, <laughs> up on all the cash. And he has this line of like, this will keep me in Clover for years or something like that. Which is a, it's a phrase I only recently learned in Clover. It means like, you know, doing well or like wealthy. Interesting. I've never heard that before. I only know of it because a band has a song called In Clover. And I was like, what the fuck? And it's a, it's a good song. And I'm like, what the fuck does this mean? And I was like, oh, okay. I jujled it in Clover. It means this. Okay, well, I learned something from you and the show. You learn something from me every fucking day, all right? Uh, no. Well, I mean, you also, well, for one, you learned marketing strategy from me. Do I need to bring up Thicker Than Your Average Glitter one more time? Oh, my God. (laughs) Because I'll do it. I'll bring it up. That's all you taught me. You taught me a very, like, one idea for one product. Well, I taught you the importance (laughs) of appropriating 90s rap to sell your, you know, unnecessary products. (laughs) Which is really, I mean... Totally rap unrelated products. (laughs) Like, the most rap unrelated products. Like, it's glitter. (laughs) Um, But anyway, uh, so... There's a lot of stuff that happens. Dude, let's uh, let's just skip ahead a little bit. The train <laughs> fucking... Go, it's like it's a train off its tracks, or it's a runaway train. The misfits fuck with shit, and that's what happens. Yeah, the, they release the brake, the train goes, choo-choo. Yeah, I got some train slow, troubles. but then... Yeah, train troubles. <laughs> it wasn't a train tragedy, though. No, no, it was a train tragedy averted. Yes, um... And, yeah, so they, they let the train go. Then Rio gets a motorcycle and chases the train with a motorcycle. Yeah, from, like, um, the exact same group of indigenous people we've seen three times already. He just steals their motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, I actually, I lulled pretty hard at this because, yeah, Rio is motorcycling toward, towards the train. And there's a very quick scene of how the feather duster, mustachio, pedophile, rapist guy, <laughs> uh, he breaks the emergency brake, like, so easily. Like, he bumps into a switch, and then you see, like, electricity go around it, so you know it's broken. But then I was like, wouldn't that just break the switch and not necessarily the whole emergency brake apparatus? Yeah, I mean, like, how complicated, how complex of an apparatus do you have on a trade like that? From yeah. like 1874. Uh, um, anyway, this but mad, yeah, it's mad fragile. They're a danger girl. You a danger girl. Exactly, exactly. Uh, 
And uh, at one point, Jeddah and Roxy fight some more, and Jeddah tells Ro- Roxy, I'll yank you. And I was like, yeah, I bet you will. Yeah, I bet you will. I feel like half of the words she says are yank. Yeah, true. Either like, like saying you yank, yank yeah, and yeah, I'll yeah. yank you. Um, she, she needs to learn more words. Yeah, she has like a 12-word vocabulary, basically. <laughs> She's always saying some nonsense. She's so useless. Yeah, I, I, I hate you. I hate Jenna in the same way that I dislike Rhea. The only reason I didn't say hate Rhea is because she did give us the iconic line, you pack a jackal. <laughs> you know what? She was more present in this episode. Yeah, I feel like it's because like, we were in a, you know, southern, um, not southern America, America, it was still North America, but, you know, southern parts of the United States. So they're like, oh, Rhea's of this land. We'll just throw her in here. <laughs> You know, that's exactly what I thought, so that's probably the case. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, like, if if we could see through it, Petty Betty over here wasn't <laughs> thinking much else. <laughs> we can't just throw Petty Betty under the bus. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also yeah. got our bitch Mitchell. Our yeah, Mitchell. yeah, bitch Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> you got our bitch Mitch and our girl Petty Betty. <laughs> They're quite the combo. They're quite the combo. I mean, they sound amazing. They do. They do. That. They really do. Uh, they have, they've never sounded better. Uh, um, anyways, at yeah, one that's point... that's the greatest thing they've ever achieved. Really, really, exactly. Uh, <laughs> at least together. At least together. Because um, this episode is mm, a train wreck, Not it. Not it. Uh, it's like, you know, when you're playing on the playground and someone's it, and like, um, you're not it, this episode is not it. <laughs> I don't know why I enjoyed that so much. I love that. Anyways, uh, at one point we see Rio's bottoming face as he tries to go for motorcycle <laughs> to train. It gets all like grunty and sensual. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we learn that for whatever reason, because Rio knows audio equipment, thus he knows all electronics and machinery. He's also quite good with a train. He uh, <laughs> manages to you know pull some levers or lift some shit up and stop the train in its tracks yeah uh, he's a train engineer hero he's, yeah exactly but, exactly no. he pulls some switches he's a train engineer um which <laughs> uh he's a, a train wreck engineer there you go yeah yeah yeah. You know? um which feather duster pedo rapist rufier rufio is very impressed <laughs> with rio's train gra- train game uh and that's when I was like, because he gives him like, wow, good job, Rio. And I was like, oh, my God, Rio, watch out. You were definitely his next victim. For sure. Um, when you were saying train game, I was thinking like train grain. Like you're, I'm going against the train grain. Oh, I'm going against. Yeah, I'm going against the train grain grain. Because like it's like <laughs> the grain. It's a train is for grain, but you're going against the grain. Okay, I'm going against the train. I'm going against the train grain grain. <laughs> Your rationale for that makes no sense. It does okay. not. But I mean, I'm sure grain is transported on trains. So like, you know. Oh, all the time. Fight it's me about it train. Exactly. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, so yeah, Rio pulls the lever. Um, he really grips it hard. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, and basically the thief lets it slip that he'll get charity get the charity money back to the safe um and that he thought it would be safer with him um no that's not what happens anyway something like the sheriff arrests the guy yeah he gets like he gets a yeah. place. He, feather duster mustachio pedophile gets arrested like immediately while trying to leave which i thought i thought was funny uh and then everyone yeah. kind of like joins back up and Gemma's like oh rio are you all right and Rio's like, I'm fine, I'm a little, a little tired, dirty, and a little, tired. a little tired. And it's like, girl, what else is new? Yeah, rode hard and put away wet. Exactly. Oh, gross, dude. <laughs> it's an expression. I, I bet it. Actually, I've never heard it, and I think it's amazing, but also gross. 
Yeah, it is kind of gross. It's about a horse. Like if you like a horse that's worked really hard, has been rode hard and then put away wet, like all sweaty. Oh, okay. Hot, 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 hot. You know, I love horses. Yeah, it's a hot horse. Get on my horse, girl. (laughs) I'll ride you. (laughs) Uh, All night long. (laughs) All night long. All night. Um... Yeah, and then Stormer kind of rats out the misfits of how they were involved in this kerfuffle. And I feel like this is where we also see they've had, like, their fourth costume change. And I was like, ladies, how many layers were you wearing? Because you didn't have any suitcases on your busted-up plane. Priorities, Michael. Like, they know that they have to turn a hot look every, you know, hour. Yeah. And they just make it happen. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not impressed. I'm just wondering, like, the, like the physics of it all. Uh, good for them. Good for them. Um, the Misfits are pissed off, though, um, at Stormer primarily, and also at the fact that their plan has been foiled. The holograms basically tell them that they have to help them with the next concert, um, you know, kind of working side by side with the orphans. Um, and we get the song all across the country, which is another unnecessary couple minutes of American propaganda. All across this country, all across this land, across this country. I see people lending each other a helping hand. All across this country. All across this country, across the great divide. I see people giving Pretty rough. Like, we get a light eagle eyeball moment but like not enough to make up for all the other bullshit um at one point though we do see i want to say it's some sort of ranger type maybe an adult boy scout uh (laughs) he's wearing very very short shorts and walking an old lady across the street okay cool because i was here for that i thought it was okay i thought it was two guys in very short shorts in rangers outfits with girlfriends watched walking across the street no dude i'm pretty sure it's just one dude with like an old lady walking across the street but i don't know (laughs) i could be wrong same thing yeah basically um, one of the lines they say is i'm proud to say the usa is my home didn't age no well. Ever. Yeah, didn't age well. Didn't age well. <laughs> and there are a bunch of American flags. We get some bald eagles, basically some re- recycled images from the last episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then adding insult to injury after this is done, we get a repeat of taking a train. <laughs> and that's why I was like, oh my God, murder my unborn children in front of my eyes and pour acid into my tear ducts because I cannot handle this again another time. Yeah, I felt like I was on the train equivalent of a highway to hell. Yeah, like a yeah. train track to hell. I, like, I don't know. I, I wrote down this episode is actually scarier than the movie Terror Train. Like, it's more terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh... It was a ride. You know what? I'm going to give it, like, if a normal average episode is, like, a 3 out of 10, (laughs) maybe a 4 out of, no, 5 out of 10, I would give this, you know, maybe a 3.5. Yeah, you you know what? You're right. It wasn't terrible. I mean, it was bad. But (laughs) I prefer a truly awful episode that's, like, ridiculous and, like, you know, so bad it's fun as opposed to a mediocre episode like, uh... Like, I feel like the presidential dilemma was more on the end of a mediocre episode. I was like, ah, okay. Yes. Yes. I, I feel like this one was more entertaining than that one. I agree. I agree. For how, you know, really bad it was. <laughs> For how fucking terrible yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The unnecessary Rio moment. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, it took, it took two minds to make it, which is probably why it was um, extra enjoyable. <laughs> they really came together you know what i mean uh, i do that always happens i'm lucky that way <laughs> wow okay i see flex um so who do we think is the baddest bitch in this episode i yeah i'm struggling a little bit because i don't really no one comes to mind a part of me maybe ashley for kind of yes. saying fuck this nonsense 
Yes, I 100% support that. I really liked her attitude this episode. Me too, me too. I like, like we've said, we like bully Ashley. We like, you know, you know, fucking fuck off Rio Ashley as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, really appreciated that it's such a mood. And which brings me to my nominee for weakest bitch, Rio. Oh, I mean, Avi, bro, come on. <laughs> He has such small dick energy, oh, dude. but also like PCP energy. <laughs> like small dick, small testicles from all that fucking like uh, the uh, steroids. steroids he's doing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, his dicks, his dick done shriveled up. Yeah, he's like those like voodoo shrunken heads, but in the crotch area. And that shit can't be rehydrated, you know what I'm saying? That's just, that's there to stay. Rehydrated, shriveled up dick voodoo head. Uh, but scary. Terrifying. Um, not a look, not a look. <laughs> um, yeah, Rio, I was not a fan of you. You really showed your worst self this episode. Uh, and he often does, which is... Um, you know, something to say, like, it, uh, an even worser side of Rio. It's like, you know, the softer side of Sears. It's um, an even <laughs> worser side of Rio. <laughs> How do you remember that tagline? Uh, you know what? For whatever reason, this is like a really weird, odd neural connection. But uh, what women want. In what women want. I just watched that. Oh, why? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, that's really fucked up. But anyways, I watched it when I it came out because know. I didn't know any better. But anyways, <laughs> and I was like seven, but Helen Hunt's character, <laughs> who is brought in as like the media executive that kind of like screws Mel Gibson's character over a little bit. She, no, it's the other way around. In the end, it's the other way around because he gets this weird, you know, female-centric telepathy, which also makes no sense. But anyways, in her, <laughs> in her spiel, she says... You know, you guys aren't uh, playing to or capitalizing off the the female market. Women are the ones who go out shopping during the day or, you know, have their husbands, you know, wallets, which is an outdated form of thought, but whatever. Anyways, yeah, I know. she says one of the lines is like Sears, when they uh, released their softer side, of, softer side of Sears tagline, saw, you know, uh, sales by women <laughs> increase by like 20%. And for whatever reason, that line stuck with me forever. And that's why I've never forgot about the softer side of Sears. It sounds like you've seen this movie more than once. I mean, it was on television. It was on television quite a bit. I have seen parts <laughs> of that movie multiple times. Marissa Tomei is in it. Who she is? Who is she? she? I don't even know who Marissa Tomei is. Dude, you ever watched my cousin Vinny? No. Wow, you hate Italian people. I see how it is. Why? Uh, okay, no, that's not true. I, if you haven't I seen my, co- you haven't seen my cousin Vinny. I've seen Moonstruck with Cher and Nicolas Cage. Yeah, it's not the same thing. Um, yeah, it's more of a hate crime against Italian yeah. Americans. Anyways, <laughs> glossing over that, one my cousin Vinny, fantastic movie. Marissa Tomei won the Oscar for it, which. Was one of those like it's controversial. It was mad controversial, Trey controversial. But um, <laughs> in What Woman Wants, she plays the woman that Mel Gibson has sex with early on when he develops his telepathy, and he does everything that she kind of wants in bed. And then she becomes like, then he says he's gay afterwards, and she's like, oh, of course, which makes no sense. True. Okay. Yes, I remember that. I watched this like five days ago, and I don't even remember that much about the movie. I remember obviously too much about this movie. <laughs> I've also seen the uh, sort of sequel, What Men Want, starring uh, Taraji P. Nelson or whatever her name is. Um, Taraji P. Henson. Henson. Did I say Nelson? Yeah. That was close. Uh, close enough. Close enough. Taraji. I got the first part. That's the best part. Um, yeah, that's the hardest part. Yeah, but like, like I'll say, uh, best part. It's a fun name to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sort of sequel of similar quality. Uh, <laughs> basically the same plot. Nice. I won't be watching that one. I think I've had my fill of that format. Yeah, the only reason I also remember that movie pretty vividly is because I wa- it was like a Netflix and chill moment with a dude that I never saw again because I found him, despite the fact that he was attractive, 
quite grating in every other sense, and I'll never <laughs> forget the way he made me feel. Oh my god! And I don't mean like, like he made me feel. Memory. Yeah, like he didn't make me feel ugly or whatever like that. But there was just like one line he like said while we were hooking up that will never be taken out of my mind, and I hate it forever. Which was? Uh, I think it was. I think we had like we had already both like come climax to be classier about it. Uh, it wasn't like a full penetrative situation. Uh. But then, I don't know. I don't know why. I think the reason why he said <laughs> he said something to the effect of like, "Oh, I like you obviously like enjoy like I don't know." He said like something like that was like good, and I was like, "Oh yeah, like same here." And he's like, "Oh yeah, you obviously enjoyed yourself because you know me Ew. three times a slime, so like you know it was, <laughs> it was quite the load of laundry." Um, and uh, and then I was like, I just did not like how he said that, and I was like, you know what? I fucking hate your guts. Never again. <laughs> wow, that was a ride. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we've reached the end of yet another episode of Gem Girls Podcast. You can find us on the social meds at Gem Girls Podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. And you can also go to our website, gemgirls.com. And if you want to reach out directly and say, hey, girl, hey, you can say that at heygirlhey at gemgirls.com. Because that is our email. And that's a real thing. I'm not even lying. Sounds stupid, but it's real. Uh, also, I think it's amazing. I think it's great, too. Also, make sure to rate us and review us wherever you find podcasts. And as we say every time, by rate us and review us, we mean five stars and a positive review. That is store policy. Uh, no shirt, no shoes, no service, no four star or lower reviews. Or I guess whatever, whatever. Five stars. All right, ladies. <laughs> Only five stars. Let's keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, keep it simple, stoops. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so with that, uh, and all of that is being said and done, until next time. Stay outrageous. outrageous.